Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. We all want to prosper in life, and today we're going to talk about how to prosper God's way. We come today in our study of the Ten Commandments to the Eighth Commandment, you shall not steal. Sir William Osler said, the best preparation for tomorrow is to do today's work superbly well. All of us want to prosper in life and get ahead. While money can't make us happy, the lack of money can make us very unhappy. God created us to work and to produce. Work is the key to wealth, satisfaction, and purpose in life. The commandment of the Lord, do not steal, is both a warning against taking what is not ours, and also it is his wisdom for us to work hard and to produce. It's up to each one of us to build the life we want for ourselves, for our family, and for our community. Theft is a growing problem in our world, especially cyber theft and identity theft. The Bible tells us you shall not steal, and it addresses the problem of theft in many forms. There's some very famous thieves in the Bible. Jacob stole his brother's birthright. Rachel stole her father's household idols. Judah stole from the offering. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, stole by charging excessive taxes. The thief on the cross received eternal life as he faced his final moments. What does the Bible tell us about the problem of theft and how to avoid it and how to live a productive life? What is theft? What does it mean to steal? And how can we avoid stealing? The first truth we learn about theft in the Bible is that theft is taking the shortcut instead of doing the hard work. Jesus said, the one who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep, John 10, verse 1 and 2. The book of Proverbs reminds us in Proverbs 14, 23, that all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So Jesus said a thief and a robber is someone who's avoiding the hard work and they're trying to find some other way, shortcutting the system. And oftentimes that is what leads to taking advantage of people or situations of defrauding of pretending instead of doing the real work. So theft is motivated by taking the shortcut to success and prosperity as opposed to doing things the right way with the right effort. The second truth that we discover in the Bible is that theft can also take the form of failing to pay workers a fair wage. Now, sometimes people in business try to get as much work out of people as they can for as little money because they're driven to make a profit. And it is true that all businesses have to make a profit or they can't exist. But there's a balance of making a profit and making sure that the people who work with us and for us are given a fair compensation for their work and their effort. Part of a corporation or a business is to bless others and to help them and that the pay should be equal to the work. And there are many places in the Bible where this type of real work justice is demanded by God for his people, the way that we treat workers. For example, the Bible tells us here in Leviticus 
19, verse 13 and verse 18, do not defraud your neighbor or rob him. Do not hold back the wages of a hired man overnight. And this is where we also discover the commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. So failing to pay people an honest, fair wage for their work, the Bible says, is stealing from the worker. Third of all, we discover in the Bible that theft arises from misplaced trust in money. Here we learn in the Psalms, in Psalm 62, verse 10, do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. So stealing emerges out of the heart, oftentimes, of a greedy person who puts their trust in money, puts their hope in money. The only thing they can see that has any value is physical possessions. And then they break the law to get the one thing they think is going to meet all of their needs and answer all of their questions. And so the spirit of stealing, the, the motivation of theft, can sometimes be a misplaced trust in money that makes people cross ethical lines. Fourth of all, we learn that theft is depending on others to do our work for us. There's a way that a person could be lazy at work. There's a new term today called quiet quitting, where people are on the job, but they're intentionally not putting in the effort in, just earning the paycheck. They don't have a buy-in. They're disinterested. They're still getting the money, but they're not doing the work. Well, that means they're putting more work on others, and that is a form of stealing from others. When we're getting money for work that we don't do, that's wrong. So theft can sometimes take the form of depending on others to do our work for us. And Paul the Apostle writes to us as Christians in the Thessalonian letters and says, for even while we were with you, we gave you this command. If anyone is unwilling to work, he shall not eat. And he didn't say if they can't work. Some people can't work. They're disabled. They're not able to work. And it's our responsibility to care for them. But he says, if anyone is unwilling to work, he shall not eat. They should feel the consequences of their lack of productivity. He goes on, yet we hear that some of you are leading undisciplined lives. He means undisciplined about the work ethic and accomplishing nothing when all of us should be producing something. But they're being busy bodies. In other words, they're just gossiping and wasting their time. They're spending all their time on social media or entertainment, letting everybody else do the work. So he says, as the apostles of Christ, we command and urge such people by our Lord Jesus Christ to begin working quietly and to earn their own living. And that last phrase is important for all of us. Earn our own living by work. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. So there we discover that theft can sometimes take the form of sitting back and doing nothing and letting everybody else do the work and then we're getting the benefit. Fifth of all, we discover in the Bible that theft comes from a sense of entitlement and it destroys the lives of others. Now, Jesus' famous story about the Good Samaritan begins this way. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Luke 15, verse 30. Now, we know that the story is about the Good Samaritan and his mercy and his kindness, but it's also a story about the thieves and the robbers and the victim. So why did these thieves attack this man? a complete stranger. They not only robbed him, they beat him and left him half dead, severely injured him. 
The theft that day nearly cost the victim his own life. It also cost a Samaritan his time and his money. You see, the thief is a person who falsely believes what belongs to others is mine and I will take it. They felt entitled to take what belonged to a stranger. And that spirit of entitlement that we see growing in our world today, and especially in our country, we hear the word a lot. That spirit of entitlement motivates theft. And we've seen an increase of violence. We've seen an increase of theft. And sometimes even political leaders have told people they're entitled. It's okay to take and to steal and to rob because of some injustice in the past. But the spirit of entitlement, the belief, the false belief that what belongs to someone else is mine and I will take it. That attitude, that false belief is what motivates people to steal. Sixth of all, we discover in the scripture that theft is motivated by sin, not by poverty. Now, poverty is a horrible state for people to live in. And we should work hard to help the poor. We are committed as a church family and very active in our city and around the world in missionary work to helping the poor. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 10 says that we should remember the poor. But theft is not the result of poverty. It's the result of sin. Most people in poverty, and of course that can be defined different ways. There are certain economic definitions of poverty. But we know it when we see it, when people can't live a decent life and their kids don't have good schools and they can't afford good food and nourishment. We should help people in those conditions, but most people in poverty don't steal. Poverty does not equal theft. Well, sometimes when sociologists or politicians try to imply that, that's not true. It doesn't create any more of a breeding ground for theft than wealth. In fact, you could make a more logical conclusion that more theft happens where there's money than where there's not money. There's a lot more theft at the higher levels of economics than the lower level because that's where the money is. So the statement makes no sense, and it's not even proven by sociological reality. It's what's in the heart that motivates stealing. It's not the economic condition or world situations or personal environments that motivate theft. Now, Jesus talked about this, that theft comes from within, not from without. What comes out of a man or woman is what makes him unclean. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft. And he mentions several other things. Then he says all these evils, you see, theft is an evil. It comes from within and it makes a person unclean. And that brings us to the most important truth we can learn about theft in all of its forms that it may take. Theft is cured when we live a productive and purposeful life in Christ. And here the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, he who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. You see, one of the reasons that we do work and produce is not only to benefit our life and our family, but it's also to have something to help those in need, to support the work of the ministry. 
the gracious and generous and faithful tithes and offerings of God's people are an evidence of their love for the gospel, their love for the church, their love for God, because they worked hard to produce something. And we bring the first fruit to the house of the Lord to honor him with our wealth. But we have the wealth because we work for it. And that's why God receives it is worship. So the real lesson of the eighth commandment, you shall not steal, is make it, don't take it. What you have in life, make it. Let's not take it. Now, God's people have the blessing of the Lord on our lives to prosper. I want to end today by sharing a portion of the blessing of the Lord promised on God's people. It's found in Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter. In verse 3, Moses says, All these blessings will come upon you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. So when we put our hand to something, that means we work at it. There's a blessing of divine prosperity upon our lives that the Lord will bless our barns, the result, the harvest of our work, and he'll bless everything we put our hand to. And today, perhaps you could just look down at your hands and say, Lord, I thank you that you will bless everything I put my hand to. So the lesson is, make it, don't take it. Now, the only thing you can't work for is your eternal salvation, which is only available to us as the free gift of God. That's why the most famous thief in the Bible, the thief on the cross, looked at Jesus in the final moments of his life and prayed, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus, discerning the faith and repentance and the thief's humble prayer, assured him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Join me for prayer. Lord, today we thank you for the instruction and insight and inspiration of the Word of God in these incredible Ten Commandments. I pray today that you'll prosper us, empower us, motivate us, give us creativity, that we might produce a harvest of righteousness for our lives, for your honor, your glory, for the good of our family, and for the building of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. It's been great to share the Word of God with you today. Let me encourage you to invite others to subscribe, to dig deep. What a rich time we share together as we dig deep into the Scripture and the Word of God. So not only subscribe yourself, but make sure you get other people to subscribe, to join our whole community of us studying God's Word together. If you have accepted Christ recently in your life, we congratulate you. We are rejoicing with you. We want to send you a free copy of Fresh Start to help you grow deep roots in your faith. If you have family members or friends who've accepted Christ, let us know today. We'll send you a free copy that you can share with them. You can walk them through. It's a simple book, but it helps people understand what it really means to be a dedicated disciple of Jesus Christ. Make sure you got the Mount Perrin app today. Keep up every week. Follow me on social media in the Mount Perrin Church we got a lot of great, exciting ministries coming up. Don't miss out on anything for you and your family. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday for worship on campus, if not online. Thank you for all you're doing to support the Mount Perry ministry. God bless you. Have an incredible day. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.